I guess as I get older, it's it's just amazing to see look, to look back and see how God can use someone who feels in many ways that, who am I? How can I do this? For 2,000 years, Christ has been extending His kingdom through ordinary, faithful people. Their blood, sweat, and tears are the seeds of the global church. The gospel is spreading across the world, saving sinners, renewing nations, and changing everything. But today, many in the modern church are weak, torn, comfortable. The book of Hebrews says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses watching us from heaven, spurring us on. The stories of these faithful Christ followers who've gone before us are what we need to wake up and return to our first love for Christ's mission. Let's learn from them. On this episode of Cloud of Witnesses, we hear about the life and ministry of ABWE missionaries Gibb and Marilyn Dickinson who served in Togo in West Africa for 36 years. Hello, we are Gibb and Marilyn Dickinson, and we were appointed in 1979 with ABWE, and thank God for the privilege we've had of serving him in Togo, West Africa, for our our whole career. I'm thankful for the fact that God chose to put me in a family, a Christian family, in a church that was very strong in missions, and I believe those influences, seeing other missionaries come all the time to our church and interacting with them really helped me to eventually realize that that was God's call on my life. It was during high school when I committed my life to Christ and, and then went on to Bible school where I met Marilyn. Hi, my name's Marilyn Dickinson. I was born and raised in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. And uh, after high school, I went to Bible College in Toronto where I met my husband, Gibb. And then we continued to look for the Lord's leading as far as missions was concerned. And eventually God led us to ABWE because our pastor at the time was actually the chairman of the Canadian board for ABWE. And so I thank God for him and for his influence on us, directing us to the mission board. And uh, we went to candidate school in 1979, not having an idea where we're going to be going as missionaries, but we're committed to, uh, to the church planning work, church planning ministry. We were very confident that God would show us where he wanted us to go. Although when we went to candidate class, we had no idea where that was going to be. And we were there for a month for candidate classes at that time. And most every day we were hearing of fields, another field, someplace different in the world. And during those few weeks, God brought several presentations from the field of Togo to our attention. And we really felt that God was leading us to this country, a country where we had never been in our lives. We'd never been to Africa, never really heard of the country of Togo, but God impressed on our hearts and our minds the great new ministry there and the, the whole philosophy of reaching the country of Togo for Christ and planting churches there. God used that to very specifically call us to go to the country of Togo, West Africa. And we were appointed in 1979 after spending, uh, uh, five years on pre-field ministry, including language school. We finally arrived in Togo in 1984. And just thank God for the privilege of serving him in all different parts of the country and being part of the, the team there and seeing what God has, has accomplished there. We look back on that now and thank God for all that he's done in and through us 
and for the work that he accomplished uh, while we were there. As church planters to the country of Togo, recently opened to ABWE efforts, Gibb and Marilyn were able to witness and play a role in God's advancement of the gospel to the Togolese people. Through joy and heartache, the Dickinsons had an opportunity to lead the church to be self-sustainable and to lean on God for the provision of the church's needs. One of the special highlights of our ministry in Togo occurred in our second term. We had spent our first term a little bit north of the capital city of Lome in the Palame area, but our second term took us to Lome, where we uh, began with a, a church that had been started from another church. And the meetings had started in that church just before we got there, about three months before we arrived on the field for our second term. And it was my responsibility to work with three young men, including one of those would be hopefully the pastor of that church eventually. And so we planned together, worked together with them, and started having meetings right on the property that had been briefly purchased for the church building. In, in just over three years, God did an amazing thing because we started with a group of about 25 to 30 baptized believers from the first church planted by ABLB in, in Lome. Uh, working with that group, we just saw God do some amazing things as we participated in evangelism and visiting in the community and having services every week. And uh, God just did uh, some amazing things as people were saved and baptized. It was our privilege, basically every three months, we had a class of about 10 to 15, sometimes 20 people baptized. And so uh, after a, a few months, we saw how the church was, was growing more than we ever anticipated it would grow. And so it was just a thrilling, thrilling thing to be part of that and to see how God used um, our, us and the Togolese leaders there to see that church grow. The church grew, continued to grow. By the time we actually came to the end of our term in 1991, uh, that church had grown to about 150 baptized believers. And already at that time, the, the, the church was supporting their pastor. And so it was our joy to have the uh, organizational meeting for the church just before we left for that, uh, for that second furlough. And as we think back now on that, on that situation, we just thank God for the leaders he, he gave us to work with. And one particular instance that happened that was a, a real growing time for the church, a challenge. One of those leaders that was chosen uh, by our other missionaries to be part of that work actually was drowned in the ocean while he was swimming with his wife. And so that was a, that was a major occasion that uh, led us to really help the church to understand why that happened and, and the fact that God continued to use his, his influence, his testimony, and the church continued to grow from there. And as I said, it was just amazing to see how after just three years, uh, the church was ready to be on their own. We hadn't planned it that way at all. We didn't know how long it was gonna to take to plant that church, but uh, the Lord obviously knew. And uh, we're just thankful that by the time we left, we were able to have the organizational meeting uh, the pastor was called, the deacons were elected, and this was all without a building. They still were meeting in the original shelter that they had built for the maybe 25, 50 people that were meeting at the beginning. Uh, we were able to put the foundation in, filled in the foundation with sand, ready to have the church building be built, but we, had no, we did not have the money. But the church became independent at that time, and then later on, other missionaries who were working with us in Lome were able to find sources for the money and eventually the church building was, was built. 
And what is special about that church so much to me is that over the years, as it continued to grow and as God prospered the church in reaching out to the, the community where they were, that church caught the vision for church planting themselves. And we've, we, when we left uh, our, the field of Togo in 2014 to come home on, on retirement, that church had already planted another four or five churches in other places near Lome. And it was our privilege to be part of that special meeting, the conference they had with all the churches together and to be see what God had done just from that original meeting and the original uh, time to, to see that church grow, to see what God had used that church to accomplish. And so it's that's a, a highlight that will really uh, just stick with me forever, I think, because it was just a special occasion that you you don't expect to happen, but that's the way that God worked it out in that situation. Life, for so many of us, takes us in directions we can't anticipate or plan. Part of the missionary call is to go where the need is, and yet the where of that need can change from one missionary term to another. The Dickinsons had followed the Lord's leading to serve in Togo, and they faithfully served there for three decades. But their journey was far from a straight line, and they learned to lean on the Lord when unexpected changes came their way. Something we had not anticipated when we went to Togo as missionaries was uh, how much we would be moving from one place to another. Some missionaries, I expect, spend a lot of their time, maybe their whole career, just in one place. But that wasn't the case with us. We're thankful for that now as we look back on it. But when our first term was spent in the kind of the center of the about two hours north of the capital city, which is on the coast. And that was our introduction to the country, to the ministry there. We studied language there and had a part in, in uh, helping to get a young church started just a few minutes away from Pauline May, where, which is where we were living at the time, and which is where the hospital was built, just one year after we got, got on the field. So there was, that was our first term. Then our second term, which I already spoke about, was in Lome, where we had that fantastic experience of, of the planning the Enfame Church. And then our next term, coming back after that furlough, was to return to Lome to work with another new church plant. And we started out there with another missionary couple that had already been working in that church, thinking that that would be our, our, would be our assignment for that particular term. But then there were some political problems in, in the country, and that resulted in the fact that there was a general countrywide strike called because the president, who was actually a, a dictator, had not called elections. And so there was a lot of demonstrations in, in, the, in the city of Lome. And eventually, just after, not long after we got back to in the field in 91, things kind of closed down. Our ministry closed down. The churches were sending their people away from Lome because of the danger of, of living in Lome. Our girls at the time were attending a private school that we had discovered in Lome where they could go to school with uh, some, other, some other kids. And it got to the point where that school could not exist any longer in Lome because it was dangerous for the children to move from, to go to that school, that, that, that building, in order to have their studies. And so eventually by January, early February, that school actually got moved over to Ghana, about uh, three, four hours away from, from Lome. And so we had to decide what we do with our girls. We want them to continue their education. And so eventually we actually let them go 
and Marilyn went with them to get them settled in the school over in, in Accra, Ghana. And at the time, we were living in Lome, so I was going back and forth as I could. Eventually, the Lord opened the door for us to actually move into Ghana because our administrator at the time felt that we needed to be together because if problems got worse in the country and we weren't together as a family, that would cause even greater difficulty. And so um, we moved over to, to Ghana. At first, not knowing where we we're gonna live, but another missionary couple from a different mission board was going home, on a, needed to go home on a, on a medical leave and we were able to live in their house for, uh, for several months. And then around April, I guess April, maybe into May, we discovered that the school where our girls were attending in Accra could no longer function. They couldn't stay in Ghana. They couldn't go back to Togo. And so the director of the school, an American lady who had started the school said, we're gonna have to close the school. And so right there, we're faced with a situation, well, what do we do now? Because there's no schooling for our kids. And we wanted to make sure that was gonna be taken care of. And so at that point in time, we decided as the Lord was leading us, we needed to come back to Canada to care for our education for our kids. And that's what we did. We came back at the end of that school year, we came back to our house in Lome, packed it up within a month. We got rid of everything we had and moved back to Canada, still not knowing what was, what was going to happen. We wanted to go back to Togo eventually, but we didn't know when that was gonna happen. And uh, the Lord opened the door for us to be uh, working with uh, on loan to Word of Life in Canada in the province of Quebec, because uh, they had just been given a Bible Institute property in Sherbrooke, Quebec, in Eastern Townships. And uh, a friend of ours, who a friend of mine who I grew up with in, in school and in church, was becoming the Canadian director for Word of Life. And he asked us if we'd be willing to come to Sherbrooke to help them in their language school program and in the start of their Bible Institute, which is going to be in French. And so for a year, we worked through that process. Eventually, the Lord led us to Sherbrooke, where we spent four years uh, working along with the language school and also teaching in, in uh, one of the courses in the Bible Institute there. So after that four years, uh, our kids now are at that stage where they were able to leave the home. And so after being there for four years, we left Quebec with a goal for us, for Marilyn and I to return to Togo, leaving our children behind because they were not at that age now where they could function on their own. And so in 2001, we returned to Togo where we spent the rest of our time there up to 2014. But uh, when we went back to Togo in 2001, uh, we went back to the, the Palomay area, actually the hospital property, lived there for a while, thinking there were four churches in that area. We were gonna help, try to help move along towards independence. But up in the north where we had missionaries working in Kara, which was then about six or seven hours from the hospital, some of those missionaries were having to leave the field. And so there was a need to move up to Kara to help fulfill that ministry there. And so we did that as well. We moved up to Kara. We worked with a, a church there for uh, several years during to finish out that term. And then uh, it went, went on furlough, then came back for for a next term. And for the next few years, uh, because of uh, the situation with our, our health insurance, because we were Canadians, and I had some health issues that I had to work through, our hospital health coverage here in Canada was changing. And so we had to find another 
another uh, plan for health, which meant that we could only be out of the country of Canada for six months at a time. The other six months, we, had, we could be out of the country for six months. We had to come back to Canada for six months. And so over the last couple of years of that term, which brought us to the end of our, of our time in Togo, we were back and forth from, uh, from Canada to Togo. And during that time, we were visiting churches in the north again and also participating as we could in the Bible Institute in Polymay, helping to, uh, to keep that going as well. So our ministry over the years, as we think about it, was something that we had not anticipated at all because it, it moved us around so much. And yet, as we look back on that now, and we're able to visit all those places where we lived before, we left the field. It was very encouraging to go back and see those places again, to see the people, to see the church we had worked with, and to see them continuing on to, to serve the Lord. So uh, I don't regret now, although maybe at the time I thought, why do you have to move so much? But that's just the way it happened with us. And it was just a, a great experience for us looking back on it now and seeing how the Lord was able to, to use us in that situation. Dedicating your life to the Lord in international missions can often look very different for the role of the wife who's been called to also care for the household and for her family. Marilyn opens up about her experience caring for their children's educational needs and putting Gib and the children before her own desires to serve the local community. Even when we went to language school in Quebec City in Canada, I realized that it was a challenge to even go to language school full time and to have my three young children there. Our girls were both in a Christian school there, but our son went to daycare in a home where they didn't speak a word of English. And that was a challenge as as young family and with young children, just to see how God was going to provide for each one of our needs. But God did that. And then when we went to the field, our first term in Polymay, even though there was a Christian school for the MKs in Togo, I had to have a lot of involvement during that time, even though I was trying to do some language study there as well in the language of Eve. But my responsibilities had to revolve a lot around the family and making sure that our children were well cared for, that Gib was cared for, learning to live as a family on the foreign field. And so it was quite a challenge and a new experience for us going to some place that we had never been to in our lives and building a home there for our family. So important to make it a home. And so that was what God put it on my heart and my mind to focus on because we were, we were convinced that it was important for us to have our children living with us and not going away at some distance to a school. We wanted our children to be with us and to be part of the ministry that God had given us there. And so in our first term, most of my ministry was revolved around the home, although I would try to have involvement wherever we were placed to work in a local church to come alongside the national pastor and to have Bible study with the women in the church. But a lot of my responsibilities in those early years was with our home, keeping our home running and uh, to take care of our children and to see that Gibbs needs were cared for. And lots of times I looked at the single missionaries on the field and thought, wow, they get to go out and do all kinds of neat things that I'm not really able to get out and do. But God just gave me the calm assurance that he gave us our family and that that was my first responsibility. And that as time changed, I would be able to have other things that I'd be able to get involved in as well. And so during our first term, it was mostly with the family and getting us adjusted to living in Africa. 
In our second term, moving to Lome, we didn't have a school for the MKs there. So I had to take on the role of homeschooling our children. I think I was deathly afraid of just the prospect of being able to do that and not being sure whether I could teach my own children. But I'm thankful for the materials that were on the field, that we had access to, all of the school materials, the videos and just all kinds of things that we had access to that allowed me to be able to carry out that role for our children in those three years that we were in Lome. And then as the children then went to a private school, for the girls especially in our next term, that allowed the door to open for me to be able to get more involved in ministry with the women of the church, to be able to go out for visitation with them, to have Bible studies with the women, and to mentor the pastor's wife. Just a real change. And then to go back after the year 2000, to go back to the field again with no children, then once again, the doors were wide open. And I had no idea exactly how God would choose to use me during those years. But one thing we learned very early on in our career is to be flexible and to be willing to take on things that need to be done. And you don't always feel qualified for all the things that God asks you to do on the field. But if God opens the door for you to take on a role he provides and gives you what you need to be able to carry out the responsibilities. And so uh, during our latter years, I was able to enter into roles as secretary for the field and then treasurer, serve on the board for our hospital, and at one point be called on to chair the board for the hospital. And you know, you realize that these are tasks that you would never do in North America, but it's a whole different ball game out on the field. And just thrilling to see how God can take us with the abilities and talents that we each have as individuals and use us to fulfill the roles that need to be cared for on the field. We were able to help facilitate survey trips when our field was looking to expand and to build another hospital in the northern part of the country, now the Hospital of Hope. And for Gib and I to be able to help facilitate the survey trips that took place up there to work with the man who was helping us the Togolese man that was helping us search for property, just so many different roles that we would have never imagined that we would do on the field, but God opens the doors and all he asks is for us to be willing to do the things that he asks us to do. Before retiring from the field in 2014, the Dickinsons had the chance to return to the churches they had served in Togo and the humbling opportunity to hear firsthand about the impact among those whom they had shepherded. When we went back to the field for our last, our last six-month time before we came back in 2014 and were able to visit all the areas where we had worked, it was, it was neat to visit, to visit those places and hear people say, uh, tell us how they remembered when uh, I had baptized them years ago. And we, we didn't know who they were, but they knew us. And to see that happen... And to see people really uh, be thankful for your for the, our input in their lives was a very humbling experience. We took a picture also of the certificate that the pastors in the plateau region of the country on Polyme gave us at the time when when we left the field, and uh, that was a very special time also for them to recognize 
because I had a big part in, in the Bible Institute and how it functioned in preparing pastors for, for, uh, for the ministry there. And that was very special to have them give us that, especially uh, one that named, was named Pastor Happy. He, he was the one I worked with very specifically in Polymay in the area there for the Bible Institute. And he became a very close friend of ours as, as well as a colleague. And it was really th great to work with him and the other pastors in the area also to see new pastors come to be trained at the Bible Institute and then now to see them functioning on their own. In, in churches as uh, the Lord leads, leads them to plant churches. So I guess as I get older, it's, it's just amazing to see, look, to look back and see how God can use someone who feels in many ways that, oh, who am I? How can I do this? But in some ways, it's very difficult to talk about those things because God has done so much in the ministry there, and we've had a small part in it. It's just been amazing to think that we could be a part of that ministry there for so long. When asked to reflect on their experience serving the Lord in Togo, Marilyn had this to say. When you start to think about how God moved in our lives to take us one step at a time, and I, I think that's really crucial, as it was at least for us, that Everything that happened in our lives was one step at a time. And God wasn't asking us to jump 10 years in advance. Uh, he was only asking us to do one step at a time. And so the first thing was being committed to service for, for the Lord and then determining where he wanted us. And I remember as we were looking into full-time service, whether it was going to be here at home or whether it was going to be overseas, God just took us one step at a time. And I remember as we started looking at mission opportunities that could be just here at home, as we investigated one after another, God just seemed to close the door and not give us a real peace that that was where he wanted us to go. And so then it wasn't until we committed to overseas service. And then when we went to candidate class and seeing fields all around the world and every field has a need, and you say, well, okay, Lord, do you want me to go here? Do you want me to go there? Very interesting to see how God narrows down the choices to bring you to what he wants for you in your life. And although we thought maybe God would take us to South America, whenever we saw the presentations that we were given to do with the fields in South America, we did not feel that there was anything particularly drawing us to that ministry. Although there were needs, they just didn't seem to be touching our hearts and where we saw that God was leading us. And so it was when God showed us the field of Togo and the church planting opportunities and the fact that it was such a new young field and looking to just go through. In fact, in the early years, it was the lower part of the country, the lower third of the country, and the desire to see X number of churches planted in that range we felt very quickly that we could see ourselves working in that kind of a setting, working in a team effort to see churches built and established from ground level up in the country of Togo. And that was what excited us about the ministry in Togo, was the open door and the fact that the people were so open to the gospel and we could see ourselves fitting into that ministry. So I think that's, for us, been a very important lesson, that it was one step at a time 
because some of the things we did, we never imagined that we would do. And especially at the time when our girls were in high school and faced with the school closing and trying to determine what we would do at that point in our lives, just saying to the Lord, you know, please show us what you want us to do. And, and we frankly wouldn't have imagined having to come back to North America and to finish out our children's schooling for high school back here at home. But that was what God had planned for our family. And we learned to very quickly recognize that it wasn't so much important as to where we were, but it was always, no matter where we were, doing what God wanted us to do. And so when he brought us back home and then showed us a ministry in the province of Quebec, uh, where we could facilitate the education for our children, as well as having a ministry responsibility there, being involved with a local French-speaking church to keep us working in the French language to be able to go back to Togo. God just opened the doors, and I remember Dr. Kempton coming alongside of us as we were working through that transition and just saying, you know you've done what was the best for your family and that God brought you home for this purpose and just keep taking one step at a time and doing what you believe God wants you to do. And we saw how God provided in so many ways for our, the needs of our family and just giving us direction. It was one step at a time. And that's all that God really expects us to do, to follow Him one day at a time, one step at a time. And we don't need to be thinking 10 years, 15 years down the road, but just doing what He asks us to do, one step at a time. Gibb and Marilyn faithfully served the Lord for 36 years in the nation of Togo as Bible teaching church planters. Their focus on training leaders and raising up healthy churches has been an example for missionaries who followed in their lead in that same field. Today in Togo, there are pastors and churches throughout the country because of the Dickinson's faithful example and faithful service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Cloud of Witnesses is a production of ABWE. I'm your host, Alex Kochman. Our production director is Grant Boring. Our researcher and interviewer is Jay York. Additional voiceovers by Jason Younger. Get equipped to make disciples and learn more about how you can reach the nations at abwe.org. Cloud of Witnesses is a production of ABWE. ABWE is a global family of ministries reaching more than 80 countries by sharing Christ, planting churches, and training Christian leaders. After nearly 100 years, ABWE is continuing to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. You can help us advance the kingdom for the next 100 years and beyond by supporting the mission through the Global Gospel Fund. Learn more at abwe.org forward slash cloud.